Well, this is the sound of a very relieved dog owner. We got just about to the peak of Seymour when we noticed he was kind of limping. Didn't really think it was heat exhaustion, maybe a little bit, but he had lots of water. But then I noticed kind of as we were headed back down that his pads are tore up. So I bandaged them to see if that would help. Didn't really help. Um, and we got him a little bit of ways, probably half a kilometer. Um, and then I just couldn't get him any further. And I can't lift him because he's 100 pounds. He is 100 pounds, maybe even a little bit more than that. That is Erin Waslin talking about her big dog, Duke. And as you heard there, got into a little trouble while hiking and thankfully was rescued all because North Shore Rescue was called and they were able to come and help get Duke to safety. Don Jardine joins us now, a spokesperson with North Shore Rescue to talk a little bit more about this. Don, thank you so much for being with us. Well, hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, thank you for doing this. Uh, Not the first time I know you and your crew have dealt with dogs and rescuing dogs, but what happened in this case? We were on a rescue on Mount Seymour, so that was fortunate. Uh, Although, uh, unfortunately, somebody did uh, injure their ankle and we had to fly in to a rough train um, several hours um, outside the parking lot to um, pick them up. And uh, as we were just in the middle of that rescue, we got a call from RCMP saying that there was a 911 call for a couple that had a injured dog that was immobile and was in need of um, extricating. At which, and again, I know Aaron Waslin, who we heard there, Duke's owner, uh, was being commended for doing the right thing. She realized there was no way her dog was going to be able to walk out. She couldn't carry her dog and for doing the right thing and calling for help. Well, I'm glad they did because uh, it's quite steep terrain in there. There have been some injuries just on the uh, last uh, bit of uh, of face where they had to bring the dog around to get it up to where the helicopter was, the top of Tim Jones Peak. Uh, It's a couple hours hiking there at the best of the time and trying to carry, we were told, a 112-pound Duke um, who was injured um, out would have been very difficult for any members or people of the public that uh, weren't trained to do so. We were able to bring in a special dog harness that acts as a backpack that we were able to put Duke in. They had already bandaged its feet. Uh, We had one member of our team who's a dog handler sort of check the dog over, decided, you know, the main chief complaint were the feet, the pads were cut, and um, that he wasn't going to be walking out. Right. Okay. And, and with the dog of that size, how how big of a challenge is it to to even with the equipment and and the specialized uh, equipment to do that? How difficult was that? Well, it's a big job. Fortunately, we didn't have to go far. But um, you know, some of our subjects that we bring out uh, don't weigh much more than that, and um, it's um, extremely hard to actually stretcher people or carry people off the mountain. So we were fortunate we were able to bring in the helicopter and land it on Tim Jones Peak. And we had a crew of four people that were able to assist and move the dog up to the helicopter. And was Duke pretty cooperative as far as uh, he probably didn't quite know what was happening and why all of this was going on. But how was how was the dog during all of this? Uh, Duke was great. And I do find that the number of dogs that I've been involved for rescues, uh, they know when they need help. And they're, you know, when they might be skittish normally around strangers, they're usually quite happy to uh, be assisted. 
All right. Um, and so, and do you know how Duke's doing now as far as, uh, like you said, he had cut the pads of his feet, but did it look like that, that was very serious or no? Well, our, our dog handler recommended they take him to the vet to have a check, but uh, I'm not sure there's a lot that can be done other than have the dog resting. And, and the dog knows that it doesn't want to be walking around on uh, the injured pads. But I'd also like to say, I know they brought in water for the dog, but you know, typically in the summer, even in the winter, um, you know, the Alpine's not necessarily the best place for a dog, heavy dog like that with uh, the temperatures that they have. And then you're not, there's no shade in the Alpine, and typically there's no soft ground for the dog to be walking on. It, it is a lot of rock, so I'm sure they took the utmost care, but you know anybody contemplating this sort of thing um, should think twice and, and look at smaller, shorter objectives. Right. And, and I wanted to talk to you about that as well and kind of the warning, especially with the, the next couple of days are going to be very hot uh, for people thinking that it might be a cooler place or a safer place to go for a walk or take dogs, that there are those warnings and those dangers. That's right. So I think common sense prevails, but you know, generally a, a big dog like that's more comfortable down on the lower trails that aren't as steep. They're in the trees and they're usually by creeks or rivers where they can get a drink or go in for a swim if they get too hot. I, uh, yeah, I, good, good, good advice for sure. Yeah, I had to rescue our, our neighbor's dog. We were dog sitting that. And we had it up in the house on Crest Trail. and Unfortunately, it, it bolted and went off a cliff. Oh. And um, we, we looked for it for about an hour and a half, but we weren't able to approach the cliff. And finally, we saw a branch or the top of a small tree shaking and realized that he was on a ledge just over out of reach. So we actually had to get a helicopter to fly in, and uh, Tim came in with me, and we set up uh, an anchor, and I rappelled down to a ledge, and there was about a 300-foot drop below the dog. and was able to safely put him in a harness and bring him up and get him out of there. Oh, my goodness. What kind of dog, or how big of a dog was that? That was a golden retriever, too. That was oh. Luboff. He was um, probably about 85 pounds. But he was used to, we had him out in the mountains a lot. Uh, he was used to it, and we were going, you know, on a, over overnight. So um, we were going short stints during the day. But for some reason, he, he thought I was going to try and pick him up, and he didn't like that. So <laughs> he decided just to get a, get off the trail, and unfortunately, there was a cliff right in the side of it. Yee, well, he was lucky that you were there, and you were able to uh, to get the equipment and get him off that ledge. Yeah, yeah. I, otherwise, it would have been, you know, taking me a day to get back down, get a rope and get back up there. But um, that's why, you know, we don't want members of the general public attempting stuff like this. This wasn't nearly as severe terrain, but um, people can hurt their backs and, and have falls and sprains just in the best of time. And I know your group, uh, you're a volunteer group uh, as well, and we often talk, or I know there have been discussions in the past about uh, people paying for rescues. Is it different when it's a dog rescue as far as, I'm I'm guessing a lot of people give you donations and want to help out if they can, but is it different as far as compensation when you as a group get called to a dog rescue as opposed to a human rescue? We've we've got a lot of um, people, sources helping us out. Um, in some cases, we've even have the helicopter owner, the owner of the company, has absorbed the cost when um, there's been a, a student or somebody who's been willing to pay the cost, but um, it would have been financially a hardship for them. Um, so we have a number of sources to 
um, compensate to the pay for some of these helicopter costs. And I, I think, to be fair to everybody, um, you know, the dog owners would, would step up to the plate if, if required. Right. Okay. Uh, and Don, one other question then, with the, the next couple of days uh, going to be very hot uh, and people uh, will be uh, going hiking and going into to more wilderness areas, what advice or what warnings or, or what do you want to make sure people remember to stay as safe as they possibly can? Well, I think the 10 essentials, uh, one thing I always like to do is go early. You know, it gets light now at about five in the morning. Uh, it gives you a lot more time in the shade and in the cooler temperatures in the morning to uh, complete whatever you want to get done and get home before it gets too hot. Also, if it does take you a lot longer than you think, um, you've got a lot more daylight, you're not panicking about nightfall. And, you know, bring lots of water and just use your common sense. You know, if it's a trail that you haven't done before and you think is going to be difficult, you know, wait till conditions improve. All right. Is this generally a busy time of year for your crews as far as people getting lost or, or getting injured? Uh, yes, summer is typically uh, our busiest time, although it's been a bit of a lull this summer. Not sure why, but um, historically it's, we've had the most refuse during the months of July, August, September. All right. Well, I'm so glad that both rescues uh, of, I know we talked more about Duke the dog, but uh, Duke getting rescued as well as uh, the man who broke his ankle or or stumbled on his ankle. Uh, Great to hear that both of those were successful. Uh, Don, we'll leave it there. But as always, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Thank you.